podcast my name is anthony and sitting right across from me via zoom as always is my pal de quincy hey everybody you realize every time that we start the podcast i start with the drew mcintyre countdown <laughs> right <laughs> well it's very appropriate this for this episode and all of our wrestling episodes yeah i just thought about that today but i do it all the time i'm like three two and i do the whole i'm counting down my fingers and everything yeah, it was the first time I was like, "Wait a minute, that is real." <laughs> well, it gets me pumped too. I'm, I'm ready. Oh, good, <laughs> it gets good. me ready. One thing I can do to help. <laughs> Before we uh, get going, uh, I want to take a quick second to, uh, you know, send a uh, say rest in peace to one of the greatest basketball players of all time. I, we just we're recording on a Sunday, and just found out about an hour ago, uh, Bill Russell passed away at age 88 uh, yeah. man, definitely one of the greatest ball players if not top five ball players of all time one of the greatest winners of all time <laughs> that too <laughs> like nba olympics wherever he went he won mm-hmm. and you know and besides that he was just one of the best humans around person that, that too. also stood for civil rights and basically <sighs> fought racism from beginning to end mm-hmm. like i'll never, never forget, let up never let i'll never forget the story of him when he was playing in boston you know coming home from a road trip finding these white people have broken to his house and spray painted nigger on the walls and defecating his bed and you know that's kind of kind of shit that just drive you insane but he handled it better than any man i would would know you know you or i <laughs> yeah and all it did was drive him to win 11 championships that yes shit and, town and get out of boston as soon as he can you know they retired his jersey and it was a um it was a closed ceremony like no fans were in the in the arena when they did it really yeah my God! Like, when was this? Oh, uh, I don't remember. Whenever they did his um jersey ceremony, like he he fucked with the Celtics, he fucked with his teammates. He did not fuck with the city of Boston. Oh, that was his call. He was like, yeah. okay, that makes that makes way more sense. Yeah, yeah, he had no love for them crackers. <laughs> Which good made, reason, of course. Yeah. More yeah. than enough good reason. He was a great man. He will be missed. But 88, yeah. that's, a, that's a hell of a life, a hell of a legacy. It's a good run, that's yeah, for sure. a good run. Hope I can make it that long. <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, but we, we send our condolences to the families, friends, um, and his millions of fans worldwide 
Man, what a it's, somber note for bringing us. Yeah, back. just good to know that his legacy will live on, mm-hmm. continue to live on for a very, very, very long time. Yes, sir. Moment of silence, RIP. All right, so let's get to what we were here for. We had some entertaining wrestling this weekend. Sure did. And there's more to come, actually. The, the night, the wrestling entertainment is not over. I said, we're, we're recording this on a Sunday. Um, tonight that we're recording uh, is Ric Flair's last match. It's a re- retirement match for the, uh, I think, Jerry, not Jerry, for the uh, Crockett promotions, Jim Crockett promotions. That's still in business? Uh, at least for one more night. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Decent little card. I mean, the the card isn't – it's not the greatest, but it's not the worst. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of sentiment behind it, you know, with Ric Flair's, for some reason, wrestling one more time at age 73. We know why he's wrestling, because he has debts. Debts he'll never <laughs> be able to get rid of. Sure, that's true, too. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm considering buying it and just kind of watching the uh, watching it later on. Uh, I'm interested. It. Was it how much is it? Is it like a regular $49.99? That was like 30 bucks, I think. Oh, 30, okay. 35 bucks, which is not bad at all. I'm like, you know what? I might I might buy it later. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, what a weekend for sports entertainment, pro wrestling, whatever you want to call it. Whatever they're calling it these days now that Vince is no longer in charge. I'm calling it the honeymoon stage. <laughs> very you know, much you get with that's someone a, that's a great term that's yeah, a great you, way to put it you get with someone and the first couple of weeks everything is great it's perfect you're you've never been as in love as you've been those first couple of weeks everything's great that's where we are right now the triple h honeymoon stage <laughs> right it started last week with raw and smackdown and it just continued on to uh SummerSlam. mm-hmm that was one hell of a card. I was thoroughly sports entertained. In fact, <laughs> as that's probably the second best pay-per-view of the year for me. The only thing that was better than it was night one of WrestleMania. Yes. Yeah. And if we're being honest, I think there's only been one pay-per-view that's been bad this year as far as WWE, and that was uh, the World Rumble. Everything else has been fire. I mean, it started with day, day one. Which yes. Was good. Day one, day one, off. January one. Uh, not to confuse it with night one of WrestleMania, but that was a great show, and it, yeah, everything has been good to great since then, ex- with the exception of the Rumble. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, where do you want to start, SummerSlam? <laughs> I know where I want to start, but I want I want you to pick. <laughs> yeah. I'll, well, I'll I, I do want to start by saying that I was not surprised by any of the results. Mm-hmm. Um. Everything seemed pretty, you know, cut and dry, like how these these matches were going to go. And despite that fact, still a really good show, really good matches. Um, nothing disappointing at all about this night. I think we say that all the time when we're talking about like comic books and stuff like, you know, the Avengers are going to win. It's just how are they going to win? Right. And that's how I feel like going to the resume is like, I know the titles are going to stay right where they are. The only one that had any chance of changing 
um, I think as far as the fans was concerned, were, was Liv Morgan mm-hmm. losing the SmackDown championship, but she didn't. But just because you know how something is going to end doesn't mean it still can't entertain you on the way there. Right, right. And if anything, my only criticism mm-hmm. about WWE in general recently, I, I would have to say is the way they've... Um, gone about officiating like there's been too many matches that have had like wonky finishes and you know placing the blame on the referees and you know missed missed calls and missed spots and things like that mm-hmm. you know you can you can do that every so often there's no problem with that but at the, at the end of the day it kind of diminishes the value already like it further diminishes what they've already done to diminish the value of the referee. You know, like they don't even, they rarely mention their names anymore. There's, they started to this, this pay-per-view, you heard more of the referees names, but you know, growing up, you knew every single ref that was out there. Um, And they, you know, got away from that. Didn't make really make them part of the show. Mm -hmm. And now that they're kind of, getting back to doing that they're doing it in a negative way it's like oh well, the referee screwed up here missed the call in the uh the street profits usos match last month same thing with uh Liv morgan and ronda this month you know having to get a special referee for the rematch this you know this show you know the refs are, are you know important to the to the match to the storytelling and you know i, I don't think you need to put them in a negative spot like all the time. I, I don't know. Well, I agree. I agree with you, what you're saying, but I also think like it, it lends itself to the, to them making the quote unquote sport feel real because we're both sure. baseball fans. How many times <laughs> have we cursed out an umpire because he missed a ball, a ball strike call? You know what? That's a great point. You know, we see it all the time in um, in football. You know, they have the instant replay option there, mm-hmm. and people bitch out um, umpires no matter what the sport is. So I think that Lin- <laughs> like you're right to be like to feel that way, to be more annoyed by it because you know it's not a real sport. But umpires messing up is such a real sport thing mm-hmm. that. I'm not surprised that WWE has decided to make that part of the show. That's fair. That's a good point too. Yeah, but you when you brought that up, I was I was thinking about. It. I was like, you know what? He's right because we had it in the Liv Morgan um, Ronda Rousey match this pay per view, and then last time at the um, at what was it Money in the Bank, the Usos and the Street Profits, the um, the ref missed a call. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I definitely the rematch on or one of the ma- the singles match on like SmackDown that led to them deciding to bring in the special ref and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, so I definitely understand what you're saying, but I didn't think about it that I didn't think about that point either. The the real the realism of you know the you know of, of sports you know like that that is a, a real occurrence that happens quite a bit. But we're so gonna if, that's, say, if that's the direction they're going with, then okay, you know, I can, I guess, I can accept that a little better. But since we're here to talk about referees, I want to talk about something that I kind of question from last night's uh, 
I keep calling them pay per views, but they're premium live events. I'm old. <laughs> um, what the what was the point of Jeff Jarrett being there in the Uso Street Profits rematch? He's from Tennessee, and that's about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it wasn't like he interfered in the match. He called it completely down the middle for both teams. Mm-hmm. And the one thing people were expecting was like the Montez Ford heel turn didn't happen. Even at the end of the match, both of the Street Profits were just looking sad and dejected in the ring. I was waiting for it, to be mm-hmm. honest. They're sitting there. Like, I was either waiting for the heel turn or the, the um, Street Profits winning the championship. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get either one of those. So it was like, well, like, why was Jeff Jarrett there? <laughs> well, as far as for the WWE, I know he was there to collect a check, but I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> they, I really think they just needed, uh, I really think they just needed like some sort of Tennessee connection to everything. You know, it doesn't get more Tennessee and pro wrestling or sports entertainment than Jeff Jarrett, than the Jarrett name. I mean, if they want a Tennessee connection, they already have one. Her name is Bianca Belair. True, but she's already got, you know, she's involved in her own her own story. Um, but see, this is this is kind of where I'm getting at with, like, the, the whole issue with the refs. It's like, now you're creating this situation where the refs are incompetent. You know, we got to find something. We got to find someone else to take care of this. And so they pull out Jeff Jarrett, and it's like, why do they bring him in? Like it doesn't that doesn't add up either. <laughs> like again, he he's there for a check. I don't yeah. I'm not hating on him, you know, get your money right. up. You need it. But for WWE, the company, I just I don't understand. I don't think I will understand because it feels like mm-hmm. there's they should did more with Jeff Jarrett instead of him just being like a vanilla referee calling it down yeah. the middle, you know. Okay. Cost him though for rocking the the Vince McMahon ref shirt. Oh yes, got the gun. Nobody, out. nobody <laughs> wears that anymore. Look, when you got arms like that at that age, you show them off <laughs> every time. Every time, anytime you got an opportunity. Yep. Uh, but that was a good match. Um, personally, it wasn't as good to me as their um, Money in the Bank match. I agree, hundred percent. Shit, that match is a match of the year uh, contender. So. Mm-mm. Nothing you can say, but it was good. I mean, the Usos, the Usos, you got the same problem with them that you have with Roman. It, it's become like, who the hell beats these guys? Right. And if it's not the Street Profits, then who? Like, mm-hmm. it really, it's like, okay, who's gonna, who's gonna step up? Yeah. Because I think next up is the Viking Raiders. Yeah, your silence says all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And even that, like, well, unless, now you're kind of you're kind of indicating that the Usos are going to be the face in that. Well, I just thought about something. Remember that they were supposed to have a match at. Um, shit, there was a pay per view they were supposed to have a match at, but it didn't happen. The Usos like attacked the Viking Raiders before the match mm-hmm. went on. Right, right, yeah, last year I believe. Oh, that was last year. Mm-hmm. Time is a circle. I don't know. Maybe they. Um, with Triple H involved, there's no telling them what happens now. Like I could, I could see them um actually paying off that and that long form storytelling that right. wrestling seems to love. 
<laughs> sometimes. Um, <laughs> oh, you mean like Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin? Oh, yeah, it's bum-ass Where Corbin. they lucked into a long-term story that they could tell? First off, can you imagine work uh, walking your way into your job and hearing a choir just just singing and calling you a bum ass? <laughs> like that was ingenious. Yeah. It's oh, getting yeah. to the point with McAfee where it's like, how you know what's what's the next big thing we can do for his entrance? Yeah, and someone said this on a podcast, and I couldn't agree with him more. But uh, Pat McAfee has taken over that Shane McMahon role. Absolutely, where he yeah. comes in for two to three matches a year and just, you know, um, comes in, destroys everything, and gets out. Like it's amazing. Somehow, in his late thirties, still puts on a really good match. You know, I, I we're kind of we're kind of jumping around a little bit mm-hmm. all over the place. But like with Logan Paul, I can understand the guy's like 25, 26 years old. 26, something like he's in his 20s still. He's an athletic guy, clearly. So for him to come in and have a good match after you know being off for what four months, his last match. Mm-hmm. I get that. But for a guy in his late 30s, even though he is a former pro athlete, I get all that. But to be at that age still. Who's not, and he's not a, he's never been a, he just started wrestling, what, three years ago, essentially? Yeah. Uh, And again, he's a part time wrestler still, you know? Sure, he's been wrestling for three years, but still at a part time pace. For him to put on that match is insane. And that's exactly what you got from Shane McMahon for all these years. And you didn't have to, you didn't even have to throw him off a 50 foot something. Well, when he's doing goddamn swanton bombs and is jumping, you know, to the top rope to do, um, you know, suplexes, superplexes, you know, you can forget the top. You don't need to be up 50 feet in the air. Right. He is. He's super impressive. And, you know, we talk about Logan Paul. I'm so glad that WWE has gotten away from just hiring celebrities because they're celebrities and getting celebrities who are willing to die for this shit. Right. <laughs> like, you don't have to worry about Maria Menounos or Snooki or um, uh, what's that guy's name? Jeremy Piven coming and getting into a ring and fucking stuff up. They got guys like Pat McAfee and Logan Paul and Bad Bunny, guys who are going to take this shit seriously. Who can go? Yes. Uh, I'm not saying Logan Paul is on the Bad Bunny's level just yet, but a couple more matches like this, like if he really becomes like a full-time wrestler, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be hard to not put a title on him he you know his issue is clearly stamina yes he's running those ropes and he is gassed like (laughs) he looks like the ultimate warrior and he's he wrestles almost like the ultimate warrior in terms of he's good he you know props to him for putting on a 15 minute match Mm -hmm. with the miz but at this like to maximize his abilities he's probably good for like a, a five to seven minute match which is still slightly more than the warrior used to do yeah. back in the day 
And uh, of course, uh, gotta give a clap to the Miz. You know, oh, the, the Miz is yeah. never gonna be named like the greatest WWE superstar, but he might be the most like interchangeable person. Mm-hmm. He can do everything you need inside the ring. He can do everything WWE needs him to do outside the ring. Like he does it all for that company. Like. Yeah. He's never gonna get the love and support he he's, he should get from the hardcore fans, mm-hmm. but what he does for this company, you cannot take it away from. Him. He yeah. every time he's able to turn chicken shit in the chicken salad, chicken mm-hmm. salad, to get that that kid over by the end of the night is a testament to everybody's effort on that in that match, and a big part of that goes to the Miz. Yeah, I can't believe they were cheering him at the end of the match, but mm-hmm. they were full throated all the way in uh, Logan Paul's corner, which is something I I didn't see coming after the way the crowds were were treating him on the road to SummerSlam. The build was was, was brutal to watch. Yeah, I think we're going to get used to that. Just having like. They're just going to be some storylines that are going to be like C, C plus builds, but the mm-hmm. matches are going to be A, A plus. And honestly, that's kind of what you hope for in the end is the payoff is that the payoff really pays off and mm-hmm. means something. You know, everybody loves a great story. You know, who doesn't love that? What was it uh, 2001 build to the, you know, Rock and Austin? Uh, main event at WrestleMania, the, the promo package they put together for that, you know, who doesn't love a great build to a, a great match? But even the match itself, that match, the payoff wasn't as great as the buildup. Mm-hmm. It was a great, it was a really good match. It was a fine main event, but it's still, and then, you know, what they did with Austin turning, you know, siding with McMahon at the end, you know, yeah, it was a big swerve, but the payoff still wasn't as great as the build. And if we're going to get more, you know, uh, subpar builds with great payoffs, then I'm all in on that. Yeah. Cause I'll take that over a, a great build and a subpar match. Yeah. And maybe that's just me, but that's, how I feel like I could take uh, a decent storyline that gives me the, a match of the year contender. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have that than have the greatest storyline told on wrestling. And then you get to the match and it's disappointing. Well, it's I, like, I went it, all the way back. Yeah. I went all the way back to 01 with that, but you can even go back as recent as six months ago with the first, the, the, the uh, WrestleMania main event with uh, Brock and, and Roman. Like that was a great build to that match. And that match was a big letdown. Mm-hmm. Oh, you you ready to talk about that match? Yeah, you're ready. So I texted you after that match that they did something that I hadn't seen in my 20 plus years of watching wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) And full disclosure, I fell asleep like late afternoon and woke up during the middle of the show. So, and with Peacock, like you can't, I couldn't restart it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch it, watch the replay later. I text you, please no spoilers. I'm waiting. I avoided everything. 
the only thing I got was the text that you sent. And when you said you, they did something you've never seen in 20 years of watching wrestling, I was hooked immediately and like, what could they, what could have possibly happened? And boy, whew, and, and was that something? And also when I sent you the, uh, the picture, I say Anthony, a picture is like the sports wrestling book of the year, <laughs> right. Triple H. Yeah. Oh boy. So if you haven't seen this match, please go watch it. And before I really start talking the match, I want to say something. I was completely wrong about this match because when they first announced it, announced it I poo-pooed the match. Like, I'm going to sure. say, it, I'm going to be honest, because I was like, Brock and Roman, we've seen this so many times before. I don't know how it could be different. And mm-hmm. I still had the taste from their um, WrestleMania match, which, you know, we love WrestleMania, but that match was disappointing. Man, they shut me the fuck up from the opening <laughs> bell. In fact, in, before the opening before bell, the bell. <laughs> Brock drives down to the bell in a tractor, stands on top of the tractor, introduces himself, and then does a goddamn loose press <laughs> to begin the match. Well, before Jumps. the Thez press, I, I just I was looking at Instagram before we started, and WWE posted catch of the, Mike catch of the year before the Thez press. I didn't even notice Brock flipped the microphone towards Roman, and Roman caught it with one hand. <laughs> I didn't even see that. I didn't, they, I didn't see it live. The last thing I saw was him jumping off the um, tractor <laughs> like he was fucking Batman. And I was like, oh, this is going to be different. <laughs> it was insane. Yeah, it was the event. It made up for everything. It made up for that WrestleMania match. That was the event of the night. It was crazy. I... Again, when you have people that are willing to do whatever and die for this shit, it, it's the best in the world. Sorry, CM Punk. (laughs) (laughs) Right. What was your favorite part of the match? Um, Honestly, I really appreciated the towards the end after Brock cleared out uh, Theory, who came out to try and cash in. Mm-hmm. You finally saw that vicious side that Heyman had, you know, alluded to that that Roman was going to have to to um, tap into if he really wanted to put down Brock for ten seconds, and just, just the visual of of him of someone else beating the hell out of Brock Lesnar with that Money in the Bank briefcase, where we've seen it multiple times from Brock beating the hell out of Theory. To see Roman go that far and hearing Brock kind of not scream, but kind of let out, you know, like, you know, that, you know, he made it known that he was getting hurt by those shots. Mm. I think that was maybe the best part for me of that match was just seeing that kind of brutality, that brutal side of, of Roman that, that he really needed to tap into. And he did. And he finally, you know, tapped into it just before he literally buried Brock with everything at ringside. Uh, that was my thing. I was like, someone's gonna have to bury somebody with something. And I was, mm-hmm. my entire thing was like, what if Brock just buries Roman with the damn tractor? <laughs> just pin him down. Yeah, just pin him down with the front with the front load part. Just mm-hmm. that's what you're going to do. Um, that was great. 
I got to say, the part that's going to live on forever is Brock picking up the goddamn ring and oh, Roman just falling out of it like a Looney Tunes character. <laughs> like, that's going to be up there with Stone Cold coming down to the ring with the beer truck. Um, when Brock Lesnar suplexed the base show and broke the ring, we're going to mm-hmm. be seeing Brock picking up the ring with that tractor on WWE rewinds for the next 20 years. Because you're right. It's something we've never seen in pro wrestling. We've seen the multiple times the ropes collapse, you know, being pulled out. Uh, we've seen the, the ring being torn apart by a wrestler or wrestlers and, you know, a mm-hmm. faction or whatever. The Nexus did that. We've seen Brock Lesnar and the big show multiple times, I believe collapse a ring with their sheer weight and force, but we've never seen a ring upended like that. And that was insanity sports entertainment at its finest. Told you I was thoroughly sports entertained after that. <laughs> after that. Right. I'm so glad that I like at first when I first texted you, I was gonna like send you a video of it happening and be like, oh my god, this is crazy. But I was like, oh, let me just say something um nondescript. And I'm so glad I didn't <laughs> right. spoil this for you. Cause Man, that it was, was awesome. Yes. But I don't, man. The only thing I'm thinking now, like, where the hell do we go now with uh, Roman Reigns? Like, who can beat this man? Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're still hoping to build towards Roman and The Rock at WrestleMania Hollywood next year in the main event. Mm-hmm. And like, I've we've talked about this before. Like, that's a match where Roman doesn't need the title doesn't need the title because you're not going to put the title on, on Dwayne, the rock Johnson right now, you know, ever again, his schedule just would not allow for the thought of it. Yes. He'd have, if he won the title, he'd have to re- relinquish it. Like the next night on raw, the next hour. <laughs> like yeah. He, he doesn't have the time to, to give him two nights in a row. Yeah. You know? That boy, he just had a movie come out this weekend and, and he's got black Adam coming up to it. It's like, yeah. he he's, crazy busy 24-7 so yeah I agree with you it doesn't need the title I always say like big things like that don't need a title like whenever they bring in uh, Goldberg and stuff like you don't need a title just having that person's name there on the marquee is big enough right but it still leaves the question who the hell takes the title off of him mm-hmm. and also another question are they still are they going to separate the titles yeah, I mean, I, I've, I'm very torn on that issue because I've always felt like, like with the tag title, I feel like any title that you have, I feel like if you're good enough to be a champion, you shouldn't have to be, ex- you know, exclusive to one show. Mm-hmm. We see more and more of the tag titles are jumping show to show. And you're the champion. You're the, t- you're the best tag team in the company. And you have to face every tag team in the company to prove that. If you're the women's champion, I feel like you could do it with the women's championship. You don't necessarily need two titles for you know, both shows. 
I agree. But I also think that the women's could use a secondary title. Like a, yeah, like a uh, intercontinental type title. Mm-hmm. Sure, absolutely. The the secondary titles can can stay separate, I feel like. Yeah. And it gives, you know, it gives a good matchup for the Survivor Series or, you know, something like that. But the main titles, you know, the top women's title, the top men's title, you know, I get it. You need, you want a champion for both shows. That makes sense. I, I don't mind that. You know, and it's also like at, for a, a human reason, like you only have to do one show a week instead of doing both shows when there's only one title. Right. And it, it you know, it allows for more feuds, more matchups to happen. I get that. But at the same time, when you're the champion and, and I get the, the human aspect but also as a human as a human aspect you are the champion you are the top person in the company you gotta you gotta put in the work mm. and you know that's that's it's the old school mentality of, of you know that i grew up on even before that you know, once you again socialist anthony wants people to work all day until they're dead <laughs> He's uh, you work until you die, and then you work the next day back from the grave as a zombie. You capitalist pig. <laughs> Seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Yes. But yeah, I mean, you saw Ric Flair defending the title every night, and again, twice on Sundays, like you would say. Mm-hmm. You know, you would see, yeah, the champ does puts in all the work. Cena, the Miz, even Roman. They're up at 7 a.m. doing the Today Show or Howard Stern or, you know, whatever press work, you know. Whatever the cool kids are watching nowadays. And at 9 p.m., they're in the main event of the show, you know, to a, a, the main event of a sold-out show. Um, and it just comes with the territory of being, you know, the face of the company. I'm torn because although I do like watching – the champion be on the show and wrestle and everything like that. There is something about the champion only only showing up on pay per views and making it a special event. Mm-hmm. Like you have to watch in order to see the WWE champion or the the women's champion. Like right. it's it's like you want to see Roman Reigns go and just and you know be the best at what he does. The only place you're gonna see him is on a premium live event. Mm-hmm. And it gives a definitive answer as to who is the absolute best. Mm-hmm. And sure, you like you like the the rival, the, not the rivalry, but you like the matchup for Survivor Series or whatever. You know, who the, the Raw champion against the SmackDown champion. Sure, it gives you that. But I've always I've always maintained you can get away from that. Go back to the old, the old school Survivor Series, just factions forming from each show. They did know. that um, the one year they had NXT on there. Sure, mm-hmm. they had the Survivor Series teams, both men and women, but the championship they actually have championship matches, right? And you know, you can, uh, you can definitively say, definitively say. Roman Reigns is the, the best performer in the company. He's the, the best champion, the top champion of the company. Mm-hmm. And you don't devalue either belt at the same time. 
like back in the day, it's like is the you know the the WWE champion with the uh, uh, with the WWE logo is that the top title or is it the big gold belt you know with the world heavyweight champion? There's no debate. You don't have to debate that if it's just one title holder. Mm-hmm. So I am torn, but I, I do lean more towards one champion. Oh, I'm I'm fine with one champion. It's just, I always think like you have two champions. That means you only have to worry about and do one show a week. Like I only show right. up on Raw. I only have SmackDown. It gives me more time to rest my body for whatever matches I have to do. Mm-hmm. But I did. I having only one champion, and that's fine by me. It makes the belt matter more. Yeah. And when, when you're in that position, when you're in the position that Roman Reigns is, like it's already noted, like it's already out there. Like he's already on a reduced schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's getting that, that Brock Lesnar schedule now. Awesome. And whether that means he's, all, you know, got one foot out the door or whatever, or if he's just like, look, if I'm going to do this, you know, I can't work every single night. I can't do this every single night you know i guess there is you know there are concessions that are going to be made for on both sides yeah so having said that it's like Mm -hmm. who's yeah i mean back to the to the original point it's like who who's who's gonna take it off of him i know who who is not gonna be it's definitely god not gonna be theory stupid ass no why the yes. hell would you run down there in the middle of the goddamn match? <laughs> like, even if he cast in, does that make it a elimination last man standing match? No, because he, he brought a referee with him. The, the stipulation for, for his contract, I think, I think contract, I think is, you know, a, you know, pinfall or submission match. But I don't know. It's a, it's a, you know, it's one of those, uh, one of those little details they didn't, they didn't, they didn't have to worry about having to, to cover, since he did got, you know, since he got it's just taken out. At, yeah, because right he wanted to be a damn fool. Like, I don't know what the hell he was thinking. He should have rethought that while he was running that long ass um, uh, stretch of <laughs> right. a walkway down to the ring. That Just, walkway, yeah, very awkward. Yeah, it's very. It was a stadium show, but that was. You could see the the, the wrestlers doing this. If you look into the camera, oh. doing this as they're running. Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing that they were talking about um, during the uh, Judgment Day Mysterios match when Edge returned. It's like you had more than enough time to pin one of the Mysterios before Edge made it down to the <laughs> right. ring. It's like a, it's a fifteen second jog down to yeah. the ring. You have more than enough time to pin Dominic, but it's like what? No, I'm gonna stand here and hold on to the ropes, and then Finn Balor goes out and meets him at the halfway point at the right. curve. It's very mm-hmm. very bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and there were a couple of entrances where, like, the wrestler's entrance music got stopped before they actually got into the ring. <laughs> right. I think uh, Corbin was one, mm-hmm. and someone else. Maybe a street, not was well, street problem. I don't know, but that was a long ass walk, and that's 
it's just awkward for a stadium show. Very, very much so. Um, yeah, like it's not gonna be theory. Six months ago, we were all in that it was gonna be Big E. You know, that's that's a main event right there. Mm-hmm. If anybody could take it off Roman, it's that guy. Um, unfortunately, that guy might not even wrestle again at this point. Um, you know, do you really want to go with Bobby Lashley, who's already older than Roman? Like, here's the thing: Bobby Lashley might be the biggest male face right now. I mean, the yeah. cheers he gets when he comes out into the ring. Like they are monument, monumentous. No one touches him mm-hmm. as far as the, on the male side, which is crazy to think about. Like, I guess it's uh, it's uh, he's been doing excellent work since the since the pandemic mm-hmm. uh, when he was with the hurt business and being by himself, being world champion, everything. He's he just knocked it out of the park. So I feel like it's a combination of, hey, you've done excellent work, and also, man, you you deserve this. It's definitely the best run of his career. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy mm-hmm. to say about a man who is, what, 43? I believe so. 43 or 44. Um, yeah, I mean... 46. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> he just turned 46. Um, God damn, he looks amazing. Ray's 48. Ray Mysterio's 48. These guys are still still doing it. Um, <laughs> so that's I think that's one thing that hurt the World Rumble. It's like, who do you bring back? It's like, we can't bring anyone back. Everyone's still wrestling. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, it's like looking at potential, you know, threats to Roman. It's like, it's still too early for Montez because mm-hmm. they're not going to break him up anytime soon. It just, especially now. I mean, this was the time to do it. If you were going to do it. My question, my question is how much faith do you have in Drew McIntyre? I mean, you know, if you're going to, that would be the show to do it. <laughs> the, the UK show. In front of his, you know, hometown fans, essentially, his home country fans, or home continent fans, because he's from Scotland and they're going to be in London or something. Because um, they're trying their damnedest to make him the guy, and he mm-hmm. has not. I don't think him and Roman have faced each other since their Survivor Series match. Was that last year? Two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, because last year was Roman and Big E. And yeah, they've, they've kept them apart for mm-hmm. a very long time. And um, and also, you know, with the pandemic, like they um, – you know, he lost a lot of momentum, Drew McIntyre. Yes, because he, he lost was, all of them, all yeah. of the momentum. He was champ for basically the entire pandemic. 
Mm-hmm. So he never got like that baby face pop as the champion. Right. And then once the time, by the time they started bringing crowds back o- back in, you know. Uh, Roman had taken over. Taken over. And Drew was, you know, relegated to, you know, secondary feuds. <laughs> Drew was relegated to beating up on Sheamus. Right. So how much faith do you have in him? You know, that he's. That he's the he, guy? Yeah, he's, Right, because he's going to be extremely over, the most over of his career mm-hmm. uh, at the, the UK show. It's going to be the most insane pop maybe we've ever seen because, you know, UK fans are... Rabbit, insane, crazy. Right. They sold tickets at a WrestleMania-like speed. And they've got 30 years of pent-up stadium show you know uh enthusiasm Mm. ready to go you know in a month and a half it's gonna be their last pay-per-view since SummerSlam 92 i think or 91 we didn't they have the insurrection pay-per-view there i don't i I swear there was an insurrection I can understand why you wouldn't want to say insurrection on (laughs) your uh (laughs) pay-per-view Uh, let me WWE ends. Does the Quincy know how to spell insurrection? He may, he may not. <laughs> Starts with an I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got okay. Oh, I don't think they're like pay per views. It's like they were just. Oh, no, they're not pay per views. They were just like raw shows. Oh, okay. Oh, hold on. It says, yeah, they're in the 2002 was, it says a pay-per-view. Oh, okay. Where was it held? Uh, let's see. There were four of them between 2000 and 2003, all of them in England. Yeah, so they were pay-per-views. So it's been, what, 19 years. Right, but 30 years since their last stadium show. I think that's what they're driving home. Is like oh, okay. The Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the crowd is going to be bone-chilling for Drew. But will that carry it? If you decide to pull the trigger for whatever reason at this show, is that going to carry over back, back in the States when you're back on the road again? I don't know. When Drew came out and did his little promo, the crowd wasn't into it. They were eating out of the palm of his hand. Mm -hmm. They started cheering for some cult kid, so... (laughs) I think so. Like, I think he still... He can have command of the room as champion. My question is... um, Just how does it happen? Right. If you're Hunter... This is your first big, this is going to be the first big challenge of your, of your, you know, of the Hunter era as head of creative is how do you handle, how do you handle Roman transition from champion to no longer champion? Mm -hmm. Because to Vince's credit, 
this has been the best, and obviously Roman's, but in terms of booking, this has been Roman's best work of his entire career. And he's still got a lot left that he can, in him to be a viable champion. So, you know, now it's, it, it was a, you know, the problem was when is Vince going to decide that it's, it's time? Well, Vince is gone. It's no longer on Vince anymore. Mm-hmm. It's on Hunter now. Like, yeah, and how, the, like I how, said, does, the, how do you handle this? The biggest problem he has is making uh, Drew McIntyre win believable. We mm-hmm. just saw Roman Reigns go through hell with Brock Lesnar. Brock did everything short of stabbing him with a knife and he was able to come out. So how can you just have a regular one-on-one match and make it look believable? Like Mm -hmm. how many goddamn claymores is Drew going to have to hit in order to walk away with the titles? Exactly. And continuing with the list of, of potential threats. I mean, yeah, you know, Mac, excuse me, McIntyre is clearly the, the top, threat at the moment Mm -hmm. but you know again checking off you know not checking off but uh you know uh scratching off names you know again we said too soon for montez right now Mm -hmm. too soon for braun breaker i mean he's you know how do they you know how, how does his development go now that it's a new era. It's a new regime. It's all that stuff, you know. Because oh, he looked for a while. He looked like okay, this is going to be the next main event guy. Yeah, and, it probably and now will he doesn't be. look like that all of a sudden. Well, it probably will be, but still, uh, I would say at least a year or two away. Right. But there is one guy that we're not we haven't mentioned yet, and that's Seth Rollins. Yeah. Like Roman. Ha- Last time they they fought each other at um, a pay per view, Roman lost by disqualification. But still, Roman doesn't seem to be able to beat Seth Rollins one on one. Yeah, and another one that we can bring up, hmm. and this is going to be an interesting one because now again, not not all these are going to be about Vince, but now that Vince is gone, how do you handle Cody Rhodes? Because the whole big thing with him coming back was you're going to treat him like a top star. You're bringing him back. He's gunning for the title. And then, unfortunately, he gets hurt. Uh, his injury, the injury he sustains, sustains, keeps him out for a long time, a lot longer than anybody would have, you know, liked to have seen. So it derailed all of the momentum that he had going in. Oh, I, I tell you how they handle Cody Rhodes. He wins the Royal Rumble, goes to WrestleMania. That's the simplest mm-hmm. thing and probably the one thing that people are, are most interested in seeing. But again, since it's a new era, it's a new regime, do they, do they stick with that plan? Do they uh, honor that maybe handshake agreement? That I'm coming back, but I want to come back as, you know, the guy, like a top guy, a top signing. I think so for two reasons. One, it makes sense storyline wise, Mm -hmm. like having um, 
the forgotten son come back and win the championship. And two, it's a little wink and nod to everyone over in AEW who may not be happy about their contracts. Like, Hey, you come over here, we'll treat you right. Right. So it's, uh, it's reinforcing that, you know, if you do want to come back, things you, are different. If you want to come back or you want to come over for the first time, like we're not, we don't treat superstars from another, from another company like shit when they come in anymore. Like you come in, we're going to treat you like, like a big deal. We're going to give you the respect that you deserve. Like it's okay to come over now. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about your reputation being you, sullied. Yeah. You don't have to worry about coming over here and being a jobber in three months. Right. Like you can come over here and put on great matches and we can put you in a position to succeed. So in a business sense, it makes sense. Yes. Fair. Okay. Well, those are, I mean, those are your top four guys, I think. Rollins, Rhodes, uh, McIntyre, McIntyre, and then your fifth would be Breaker. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think Breaker and Ford are the two long shots. Mm -hmm. I can see them when um, Ford to get like the Intercontinental U.S. Championship first. Have a little bit of a run there. Mm -hmm. But I say that because that's the old way the WWE would do it. Like if Hunter decide to like tomorrow to break up the street profits and have Montez just go on a run. Then people would say Vince is still in charge. <laughs> just, he goes on a run and all of a sudden that like not the next whatever pay-per-view is after clash at the castle, you know, Montez Ford is up there challenging for the, the, you know, the, Oh, man, what's it? WWE Universal Championship? Yeah, something. Yeah, like he called if he's fighting for that in two months after breaking out the Street Profits. I mean, I would, I wouldn't be mad at it, mm-hmm. and it'd be different than what we've seen before in WWE. Because yeah. once again, the old man ain't there no more. <laughs> he don't run this. Yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see. Yes, very much so. So um, let's talk about something else. The the match that kicked off SummerSlam, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch. I was um, just thinking about that. That by far was my favorite match of the night. They have the best chemistry together. Yes, you know, they they clearly work well together. They know how to put on a great match together, and you know. This show was no exception. I echo everything you say. Like them two together, it's just magic every mm-hmm. time. Um, I like the just the the psycho. Um, I'm looking for just like the theater that goes inside the match. Like basically, Bianca's using her strength, and Becky's doing everything she can to get away with that, weakening the arm not only to set Bianca up for her finisher move, but also negate the strength of Bianca and Bianca just being like, "Fuck that! I can do this anyway." Mm-hmm. Be- Bianca like being the the um the champs champ, you know, she hits the KOD on Becky outside the ring and she could just slide into the ring, and get the count out. But she's like, no, I want to do this. The, um, you know, as a fighting champ 
almost to her detriment. And we see Becky come back with that. Um, <laughs> what's it? Manhandle slam. Yeah. The bookend rock bottom. Rock bottom. <laughs> and almost win the match. Um, and then that, that ending where Becky said enough for the top rope manhandle slam and Bianca turns into a fucking Spanish fly. Insane. And then like backs that up with like the most aggressive KOD I've ever seen. Like she's flipping Becky over and as Becky's coming down, she like jumps up to get that extra like thrust on it. And she almost like kept her in midair like for a a split second. Mm Mm-hmm. Like when we say country strong, that's what we mean. That goes country <laughs> strong. But yeah, and getting that win. And then after the match. Man, I mean, it's about time. It's about time. But before that, we see. Oh, the yeah, handshake. The handshake. Like, again, more psychological theater being put on WD where Becky goes for the handshake. And of course, um, Bianca isn't sure she should trust her because of what happened last time. Mm-hmm. But you know, you get the handshake, you get the good, the good feelings, and all of a sudden, <laughs> time for some new shit. It's about time. It's about time. Bailey's back, and she did not come alone. Dakota Kai back in WWE, and they're not alone. Io Shirai getting called up once again. Gotta love that. Putting the dirt sheets in the dirt. I. They, they said she was going back to Japan. Yeah. Meltzer and all those Alvarez, all those said it. Oh, she, she's definitely going back to Japan <laughs> because she's not getting called for everything. And lo and behold, here she is forming a new um a new group. With, interesting faction. Yeah, a new faction. I, I'm interested. And looks like we got the Becky Lynch face turn as well. Mm-hmm. Mega powers explode. Yes. Not only does that look like it's going to be just excellent wrestling, I want to see Yoshirai versus uh, Bianca Belair so bad. But I'm looking at this like, well, if they can bring back Dakota Kai, can they bring back some other women's wrestlers that have been missing for a couple months? Such as? Such as Sasha Banks and Naomi. <laughs> Honestly, I was waiting for Sasha. I-, I was kind of anticipating Sasha. If anybody was going to come back, I was thinking maybe they would bring Sasha back for that. I mean, there have been some reports that they are trying to negotiate them both coming back. Mm-hmm. And they got to do something because those women tag team belts have been MIA since they left them on John Laronitis' desk. Right. Since they cleared out his office, too. Yeah. They cleared out his office, like, what the, what's in this drawer? Oh, fuck! <laughs> hey, anybody know we had extra titles? I, I always thought they should just, like, when they decided to do the tournament, it sh- the storyline reads should should have been like them just getting women to sign up together mm-hmm. because women's wrestling doesn't really have tag teams. Right. 
So what you do is just have people like, hey, I don't have a title. You don't have a title. Let's try to get this one. Mm-hmm. And just you can get any kind of random pairing that you want and do it that way and just build the storyline for a couple of months. And whether or not Dakota Kai's return was something that was in place before all the changes happened, right? Mm-hmm. I know I keep bringing up Vince, but before Vince left, you know, if that was in place before that, that's one thing. But if this was a, a, a new development since his departure, mm-hmm. that's a good sign to people. It, it's, it's the first small step. It's a good first small step to, to bring back somebody that's that was no longer that was let go or whatever, you know, at one point, you know, it wasn't it wasn't Bray Wyatt. It wasn't Braun Strowman. It wasn't um, it wasn't Daniel Bryan that they brought back as like the first big, you know, it's a new era and we're bringing people that shouldn't have been let go in the first place back. Mm-hmm. This is a you know, this was a surprise. But it was a, a small step that, you know, I think is good enough to signify to those people that are on the outside looking in, give us, give it some time. You know, if you want to come back and we want you back, we'll get you there. We'll get you there. I think it was a nice little touch bringing, starting with her as like the first welcome back. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I read also like the idea of having this faction with Io Shirai, um, Bailey, and Dakota. Like it had been pitched to Vince before, but he turned it down. Oh, <laughs> so now I'm I'm triple excited that that old man is out of here. And like, don't be don't feel bad about talking about Vince McMahon. This is the first time we've had a pay per view in WWE where Vince McMahon was not in charge. Mm-hmm. first time ever okay <laughs> and it's a i mean that's a, what a big show to start with yes yeah that's a great show oh one other thing i wanted to talk about yeah because this this man has you know he's had his detractors for years but we got to give him his flowers now because things might be completely different without Vincent Kennedy McMahon in his ear. But Michael Cole, <laughs> Michael, like ooh, Michael Cole sounds so much better now. Like he's free from mm-hmm. the shackles of Vincent McMahon. <laughs> like there was he one said so. Yeah, he, it was him and Corey Graves and Graves comments like, I liked it better when you couldn't think for yourself. And uh, Michael responds, well, things change. A lot of things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> and Very like, nice touch. Yes. Hearing Michael Cole, like, he's always had that in him. The only thing is, like, just Vincent Man in his ear. There are certain things he could and couldn't do. Because I've always, like, what was it was one tournament he did. I can't remember if it was the UK or um, the Mayo Champ, But there was one tournament that he did where he was by himself and Vincent Man had no input. And he was incredible at it. Mm-hmm. So having Michael Cole out there on commentary with the with the chains off, that might invigorate his career, just like having Pac McAfee did. Yeah, 
I think you're right. But I just wanted to say that because I listening to him, sometimes it can be a chore, but it's not his fault. You know, all the things he has to do, all the restrictions he had because of Vince McMahon, hear him unchained, released everything. I think like him and Pat McAfee together now might reach that that golden plateau of JR and the King. And yes, I know that's that's uh. huge, but like McAfee was already great before, but now mm-hmm. having you know Michael Cole being free, shit, it might it might get up there. What a what a pair to do it too, man. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. And man, that's hard to it's hard to argue with. Yeah, I made sure to write that down to give Michael Cole his respect because he deserves it. Because that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? Uh, no, I think, I think we covered it all. We talked about every match in, in some capacity, some degree to some degree. Make sure. Checking Wikipedia right now. See if we got everything. Oh, Liv Morgan, uh, Ronda Rousey, that match ended the way I expected. Mm. Like I knew Liv was going to win, but Ronda would basically be dominant all the way through. Yeah. And they've set up um, – basically, they set up for more of this, like Ronda turning heel and just beating up on poor officials. Yeah. And Liv Morgan, like, she still got that lucky underdog uh, streak going on right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know where they go with her as far as is she going to keep winning – by luck or you know is she eventually going to become a formidable champion right but I, she's popular enough like mm-hmm. they're saying like, super popular her the reactions she's getting at the live shows the merchandise that she's moving mm-hmm. you know again those are all very uh those are you know vince metrics to look at but those are metrics you have to look at now you yep. know especially when it comes to, uh, you know, profits and losses and things like that, you know? I can't even blame Vince or anything. That's metrics that everyone looks looks at. That's why Sunday night baseball plays, uh, has so many Red Sox-Yankees games, right. because people watch it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, hopefully, hopefully they'll go in the direction of, of making her a, a, a viable champion. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hoping um, I could, to. I, you know, but I can also see more of what we saw on Sunday, more of the um, wonky finishes and things like that. And I can also see them inserting someone as, as you know, as a third competitor, triple threat match. You know, yeah, and that way they can take the pin, and Liv can can you know may, you know retain the title and things like that well i hope they do is like they just um like they have them like maybe a couple more of those wonky finishes where she barely hangs on and then she has the one match where she wins because of her talent and then Mm -hmm. they just take off from there yeah like she's no longer the underdog champion she's just the champion if she can find a way to beat ronda clean one-on-one 
that's mm. gonna it's only gonna catapult her even further yeah <laughs> we're saying like like that's easy how many how many people beat ronda rousey in one-on-one match yeah that's true it's like what Char- charlotte flair mm-hmm. that might be it Yeah, it might be it. Yeah. Shit, now I'm thinking about it because I'm thinking she had a match with um, Alexa Sasha Bliss. Alessa Bliss. Did she have one with Sasha? Yeah, she had one with Sasha. I want to say it was 2019. Okay. And she won. Because I feel like that's the that's the rivalry the rivalry that they haven't addressed yet. Well, obviously they can't at the moment, <laughs> but I feel like. If and you know, hopefully, when they bring back Sasha, like I could see that being her first feud back. I mean, that would be that'd be a hot feud, her and Ronda. Yeah, I could also see them bringing back by like Triple H just opening up the show on Raw with the women's champion, the women tag team championships, mm-hmm. and just you know, their music hit and they come and get the titles and Hunter gives them a hug and we're off. <laughs> yeah. I know this. I'm excited to watch wrestling on Monday. I think a lot of people are. I think a lot of people are going to tune in. We're still now, like I said, we're still in that honeymoon stage. Everything's going good and it's going to go good until it doesn't because... Right. We're fans, and every fan's a critic, so eventually we will start complaining. Right. But until till then, that man is Hunter Hearst Feige right now. <laughs> uh, anything else? That's all I've got. All right, so that's all we got wrestling-wise. Uh, ooh, the Astros just won. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to be another bummer, but I also just saw that, you know, because we talk about we talk about sports. We talk about geek stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, R.I.P. to Nichelle Nichols, who passed away. Nichelle Nichols, who played um, Ahura on um, Star Trek. Star Trek. Yeah. Damn, we're eighty-nine. Again, older than Bill. I mean, great age to get to. Mm-hmm. Let's get there. So that's it for us on this wrestling weekend. Um, we'll probably do a podcast in the middle of the week because I want to talk about whatever happens for the trade deadline. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's tra- Tuesday, right? Yeah, Tuesday. We've only seen two trades happen since then. Yeah. Or, uh, as of late. Yeah. As of this record, no tells going to go on okay. as soon as I hit stop. Uh, so we'll we'll do a podcast. Um, Show hey Otani got traded to who? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be crazy. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it either. Well, I'm not sure. It depends on what night we're both free. But we'll definitely do something in the middle of, night to, middle of the week to talk about that. Sounds good. All right. And um, that's it. Uh, for all you listening, thank you for listening, downloading, subscribing, sharing everything you do that makes this podcast go on. We appreciate you more than you'll ever know. 
Anthony, as always, my friend, a pleasure talking to you. Yes, sir, always. And I said, we'll be back later on this week. For Anthony, I'm DeQuincy. Later.